On this staff edition episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, we discuss the conditions for coverage and requirements for pharmaceutical services in ASCs and what surveyors look for during a survey. Welcome to the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. This episode is sponsored by Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers and ambulatory healthcare strategies, the nation's leading regulatory compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 151 for the staff edition of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey for January 23rd, 2022. We're recording from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Susan Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC Podcast with John Gailey and Senior Nurse Consultant for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. The ASC regulatory environment is extremely dynamic, and the material provided in this episode is based on information that is current and available as of the date of recording. Joining me is John Gailey, the owner of Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies and recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. Mr. Gailey is the author of over 10 books on the ASC industry and is a frequent industry speaker on regulatory accreditation and finance issues. So it has been a while since we've done a special edition or staff edition Mm -hmm. uh, of uh, the podcast here. So we probably want to remind people of its purpose. So this is, uh, as we said, it's a special edition uh, where we discuss a particular topic that is important uh, in the ASC setting for staff. We're trying to get back to a regularly uh, scheduled staff edition, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up a little bit, Sue. Uh, If you like more in-depth information, uh, we do have a longer discussion of the pharmaceutical services in episode 150 which was published on the same day as this one. And we should note that for aspiring leaders in ASCs, the podcast and our past episodes are a great resource to learn more about the regulatory environment and to keep up with the latest news in the industry. So if you really want to impress your boss uh, in the <laughs> ASC, uh, listen to the podcast, the regular podcast on a, on a, on a frequent basis. There's so much going on, Sue. So we, uh, we enjoy mm-hmm. uh, recording this and, and talking about the, the latest news and keeping up with things. And it's a uh, Uh, Let's put it this way. It's never a dull moment in this industry. Isn't that true? Especially lately. Yeah. So today we want to talk about pharmaceutical services. And one thing that's extremely important when you're uh, researching any area or talking about any area uh, in an ASC regulatory area is to go right back to the Medicare regulations. In an ASC, that is referred to as the conditions for coverage. And uh, the the particular regulation that we're talking about here is 416.48, which is pharmaceutical services. So, Sue, let's uh, read through uh, the regulation and then we'll talk about how those regulations are interpreted uh, by surveyors during a survey. So the conditions for coverage state the ASC must provide drugs and biologicals in a safe and effective manner in accordance with accepted professional practice and under the direction of an individual designated responsible for pharmaceutical services. So the standard administration of drugs starts by saying that drugs must be prepared and administered according to established policies and acceptable standards of practice. 
So adverse reactions must be reported to the physician responsible for the patient and must be documented in the record. Blood and blood products must be administered by only physicians or registered nurses. And parenthetically, uh, I really don't know of any surgery centers mm-hmm. that actually do administer blood and blood products. So your policies probably do state that they're not administered in an ASC. Mm-hmm. Orders given orally for drugs and biologicals must be followed by a written order signed by the prescribing physician. So now let's talk about how these conditions for coverage or the regulations are interpreted. So drugs and biologicals used with an ASC, as we mentioned, must be provided safely and in an effective manner, consistent with generally accepted professional standards of pharmaceutical practice and with the requirements specified in the standards within the condition. So for example, there is a document referred to as USP 797, which has a lot of information about how you administer drugs, you know, both single dose and Mm multi-dose drugs in an ASC. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the uh, professional standards in a few minutes. But going on, the ASC must designate a specific licensed healthcare professional provide direction to the ASC's pharmaceutical service. That individual must be routinely present when the ASC is open for business, but continuous presence is not required. Now, this is not the pharmacy consultant. Um, we've seen situations where they've employed a pharmacist, usually in hospital ventures. But it's very rare in a surgery mm-hmm. center to see an actual pharmacist that is there on a regular basis. So yeah, the pharmacist right. is almost always not going to be the individual that is responsible for the pharmaceutical service in an ASC. Yep, usually it's the medical director or whoever's license is used to purchase the drugs. And um, just of note, some states do allow the center to have the DEA license. Um, not many, though. It's usually the medical director who does. Correct. Or, or, an, or another individual, physician. Right. Uh, sometimes the anesthesia uh, director, for example. Now, continuing with the interpretive guidelines, it uh, does continue to state that drugs and biologicals used within the ASC must be administered to patients in accordance with formal policies the ASC has adopted, and those policies and the ASC's actual practices must conform to acceptable standards of practice for medication administration. So, um, as with everything, you know, I, so we ran into this recently that staff members in a particular organization actually were not required to read the policy and procedure manual beforehand. So mm-hmm. we really do encourage you not only to do it because that's required, but because the policies and procedures are the rules and regulations by which your organization runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're not familiar with them, really do need to make sure that you uh, uh, look them up and act, ask for access to them because that's what's going to be uh, looked at as part of Uh, any survey that's performed. An accepted professional practice and acceptable standards of practice mean that drugs and biologicals are handled and provided in the ASC in accordance with the applicable state and federal laws, as well as with standards established by organizations with nationally recognized expertise in the clinical use of drugs and biologicals. So that would include organizations such as the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy, the Institute for Safe Medication Practices, and the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, etc. The ASC must have policies and procedures designed to promote medication administration consistent with acceptable standards of practice. The policies and procedures should address issues including, but not limited to... So a uh, physician or a qualified member of the medical staff acting within their scope of practice must issue an order for all drugs or biologicals administered in the ASC. And the administration of the drugs and biologicals must be by or under the supervision of nursing or other personnel in accordance with applicable laws, standards of practice, and the ASC's policies. And parenthetically here, we do need to note, too, it's important that uh, you as a nurse or you as 
as uh, an LPN in your organization or whatever uh, title you might have, you need to make sure you know what the standards of practice, what the scope of practice is uh, in your state for, for whatever position you hold. And policies and procedures should also address following the manufacturer's label, including storing drugs and biologicals as directed, disposing of expired medications in a timely manner, using single-dose vials of medication for one ASC patient only. And avoiding preparation of medications too far in advance of their use. For example, while it may appear efficient to pre-draw the evening before all medications that will be used for surgeries uh, that are scheduled the following day, this practice may, depending on a particular drug or biological, promote loss of integrity, stability, or security of the medication. Any pre-filled syringes must be initialed by the person who draws it, dated and timed to indicate when they were drawn, and labeled as to both the content and the expiration date. So this is an actual an area that's frequently cited in surgery mm-hmm. centers where, you know, people have pre-drawn medications uh, and not followed the USP 797 rules. So the USP 797 rules do require to use any medications that are pre-drawn within one hour. Now, there is um, a proposal out there to revise USP 797 to go to four hours, but that is not in place as we record this episode today. Mm-hmm. And there is no timeline for that. And it may never be implemented. It actually mm-hmm. was proposed in 2019, and here we are in 2022, and it's still not in place. And then the second thing that is often uh, not done properly Mm -hmm. is that any pre-filled syringes must be initialed by the person who draws it, must be dated and timed to indicate when they were drawn, and labeled as to both content and expiration date. So it is important that you follow this. So if you're drawing something up and using it immediately, meaning you don't even put it down, Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be labeled, but if the minute you put it down or even you in your pocket, aside, even in your pocket, right, um, you you still need to label it. So mm-hmm. that is another frequent citation that we're finding in surgery centers. And of course, you must employ standard infection control practices when using injectable medications. And that's, you know, scrubbing the hub, cleaning off the top of the vial, even if um, it's your first time opening it, all, all those kind of things. And your drug records must be maintained meticulously. So accountability procedures must be in place to ensure control of the distribution, use, and disposition of all scheduled drugs. Records of the receipt and disposition of all scheduled drugs must be current and must be accurate. And all drug records are in order and an account of all scheduled drugs is maintained and any discrepancies in the account are reconciled promptly. So you really need to keep up with this information. You as nurses, uh, well, your license is on the line. Every mm-hmm. single time uh, you sign off one of those things. So we've been running into situations where yeah. people are, are just, you know, one nurse is saying to the other, well, I did the count and they just yeah. sign off on it. It's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of protecting your license and protecting the other person. Right. If there's a drug diversion going on, you're not going to be able to tell just by looking at the person. It's just part of your job right. and part of your maintaining your license. Well, and it is, is something possible that somebody makes a mistake. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we do this is yeah. that uh, you identify you, it quickly and, and you figure out what happened. Right. And the the ASC's pharmaceutical system is must be capable of readily identifying loss or diversion mm-hmm. of all the controlled substances in such a manner as to minimize the time frame between the actual loss or diversion to the time of detection and determination of the extent of the loss or diversion. And, and diversion is becoming a kind of a, uh, unfortunately, a, a mm-hmm. not infrequent situation. Uh, we, we heard of a center that um, one of their staff, one of their nurses actually was found with propofol and, um, you know, very out of it, possibly could have died, but um, they got this person to the emergency room and, and, you know, it's not anybody, somebody would have suspected. It's just, you know, some, you just never know 
what might be happening. So moving on uh, and continuing with the uh, the standard requiring uh, orders be given o- uh, orally for drugs and biologicals that w- must be followed by a written order and signed by the prescribing physician. So orders for drugs and biologicals that are transmitted as oral spoken communications between the prescribing physician and the ASC's nursing staff delivered either face-to-face or via telephone, which are commonly known as verbal orders, must be followed by a written order that is signed by the prescribing physician. And CMS expects ASC policies and procedures for verbal orders to include a readback and verification process whereby the nurse receiving the order repeats it back to the prescribing physician who verifies that it is correct. When administering a drug or biological per a verbal order, the nurse should include in the medical record entry covering the administration of the drug or biological a note that it was prescribed orally indicating the name of the prescribing physician. And the prescribing physician must sign, date, and time the written order in the patient's medical record confirming that verbal order. And this should be done as soon as possible after that verbal order is issued. And in the ASC setting, medications prescribed for patients in recovery present a particular area of vulnerability in terms of the potential failure to follow up a verbal order with a written order signed by the prescribing physician. So careful attention must be given to compliance with the regulatory requirement for medications administered during that recovery time. Yeah, and I think that, you know, because many of our doctors like to get out uh, mm-hmm. as quickly mm-hmm. as possible, and it's important that uh, before they, they leave the facility, you get yep. that uh, signature on the records. And the ASCs must maintain an up-to-date list of all look-alike, sound-alike drugs, which are, by the way, now called confused drug names, uh, just to confuse us even more, <laughs> pardon the pun, uh, and high-alert drugs. Yeah. And the organization that maintains these things is ISMP, or the Institute for Safe Medication Practices. And I'll provide uh, links to uh, both the confused drug name list and the high alert medication list. Mm -hmm. And remember that the the list of all of these uh, confused drugs and the high alert medications needs to be posted everywhere that drugs are stored. That is specific to your center, not just the whole general list. Right. Or I've seen it also where they have the whole list and then Mm -hmm. they just highlight it. That's really not ideal, though, Mm -hmm. because those lists can be quite long. So, um, and it's not a bad idea to make sure you have a copy of that list immediately available to you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you do want to have a list of all of those things. And then when you're looking in your drug cabinets, make sure you're not Storing those confused drug uh, drugs, those confu- yeah. those drugs that have confused drug names mm. next to each other. For- yeah, there is a reason you want to identify those so That's that right. you can avoid confusing them. You know, yeah. storing them separately, using tall man lettering, all of that. Kind right, of thing. and and then labeling them all mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, a label that says that they're confused. High drug drugs as well. Drugs. Yep. Yeah, easy to get labels for those things. So we hope that this has been a useful uh, discussion of uh, pharmacy. If you do want more information, uh, you can listen to episode 150 of the podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us on this episode. Our listener patron program, also known as ASC Central, has really taken off over the past 12 months, and we are so grateful to all of our over 100 members. Our patron members help support our efforts here on the podcast and get a number of great benefits also. 
The ASC Podcast with John Gailey is the longest-running podcast dedicated exclusively to the ASC industry. ASC Central provides members with a wealth of management tools and resources, including regular members-only Zoom sessions with John and other members to discuss relevant topics, quarterly Zoom meetings where we update patron members with important issues in the ASC industry, periodic study sessions for leaders that are planning on taking the CASC or CAPE exam, and access to a large database that includes federal regulations, interpretive guidelines, and the state regulations, checklists for administrators and nurse managers, example meeting minute templates, example policies and procedures, budgeting and financial projection tools, risk assessments, and example forms, and much, much more. Members also get discounts on books written by John Gailey, ranging from $10 to $80 per book, and can even schedule a personalized mock survey with John and save over $1,000. For more information and to access this additional content, please visit ASCPodcast.com or ASC-Central.com. We would like to thank our sponsors, Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, the nation's leading regulatory compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. This podcast has been an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as nor does it constitute legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. If you're interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.